When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough Football Club podcast. What a load of tripe. We're talking Martin Daroon on this week's Tripe Subjects. It's a year ago to the day that he signed. Jono told us in the office yesterday. Um, Jono is joined, Jono joins us here. Anthony Vickers to my right, Phil Townsley to my left. Looking back on the last year, Jono, seeing as though it was your idea, we'll, we'll start with yourself. Um, Martin Daroon, kind of, you know, big money last year. He came with the nicknames and, and plenty of hype. He's since been linked with Man United and various clubs in Italy this summer, and, and at this stage, his future is still uncertain. How, we'll talk about his future in a bit, but how, how would you assess looking back? Daroon's first year as a player? Uh, I would probably say a mixed bag would be fair enough to say. Um, he's had some good times, hasn't he? Uh, you look at kind of the, the last-minute goal at Manchester City, you know, she scored the winner against Sunderland, and, and he actually ended the season as a much better footballer, I thought, all round, and a much bigger contribution to Borough than, than he started the season. Um, obviously, he had his setbacks as well. He got injured on his debut, and I think that he's actually a completely different player to what we expected, because we all expected you know, the tough tackling, a uh, guy from Surrey, Surrey and kind of basically just to, to do the Adam Clayton role um, in the Premier League and it just never really, uh, for him I, I think he'll look back in his first year with a little bit of regret really at Borough that he never really got that consistency did he that I know it's very difficult for foreign people, you know, foreign players coming into the league to get that but I think that he He'll openly admit, and actually I spoke to him a couple of times last season, he said that there is more to come from him, and I think that's probably the best way to sum it up. There is more to come. Okay in parts, disappointing in others. What is he then? Because he came as, as, well, you know, as his wave breaker and whatnot, yeah. and, but then he, he ends up kind of joining the attack and scoring goals and attacking midfielder. What is he and, and why has he ended up as kind of that player instead of what well, we probably expected? I was just thinking that when Jono was talking there. You know, I'm not quite sure what he is. You, you're absolutely right. We, he was sold to us, wasn't he? The hype was that it was this player who was going to go make a nuisance of himself, getting in the face of the opposition, winning the ball and giving it to somebody else to play. A fairly defensive midfielder, if you like, but one who was mobile, uh, a nuisance. And I think there was a little bit about that about him, but then we saw him drifting up the pitch. And he kind of, it reminded me a little bit when George Fenn was first at Borough and he didn't know whether to push on or sit back. Um, and obviously, as we know, I think Fenn became a much better player under Aitor Karanka because he understood his role better. I'm not sure... Daroon really understood his role last season or whether he was just not following orders or whether he was given a roving role um, you know he didn't you know you, we sit back now and think well, can't really pinpoint the position he sometimes played can you he, he actually looked he's most effective making those late runs funnily enough but then there was the argument about well if he's in the team to provide defensive discipline that isn't happening with him wandering all over the pitch going you know going here left right centre forward back 
So I think I think ultimately it smacks if he didn't quite understand his role, or if he did, or if it was spelt out to him, he didn't follow his role. So I think I think there's a player in there. There's definitely a player in there, um, but he's not the player that we were we were told a year ago that Borough was signing. Vicky, you like him? We were talking about. I, I do him like him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's been a victim of circumstance in that he's come into uh, Itor's fairly rigid conservatism and. When he first arrived, he was he was going to be one of the two holding midfielders, and unfortunately he got injured. And by the time he was back, those two positions had been pretty much nailed down. Uh, and then there was a switch to a three in midfield, and he was given a little bit more of a, a a free role. But I don't think it was the role he was comfortable with. Although, actually, I think it probably suits him because he's his athleticism. Uh, he never really. I mean, when, when players come into into the English football, I mean, he's come from probably the slowest league in Europe to the fastest league in Europe, and I think that's quite a big culture shock. And it's always going to be hard to adapt. And when you moved around from one role to another, I can understand why sometimes he looked like he was unsure about what he was doing. But I think he's got you know he's got great engines. I think he 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 can tackle. He'll work all all day. And I, and I know you don't just need that. But most teams do need that. You need an athlete, you need a workhorse. And at the end of the day, he was Borough's top-scoring midfielder. For all his flaws, he was the one that was popping up on the edge of the box. And, and Borough fans were saying, we need to get more bodies forward, we need to get people up there and support. And he was the one that was doing it week after week, making 60-yard runs to get, on, you know, to, to get alongside Negredo. So I think clearly there is a player there. I just don't think he's been harnessed. Um, Johnny, you were talking about it before about his valuation, about his price. A, has he been kind of a victim of his price? Uh, uh, is he judged immediately? B, if if he was coming in now and, and you'd seen him play and, you, and, you, and you're watching as a neutral and you didn't know how much Borough paid for him, what what kind? And I know it's an impossible game these days. What ballpark roughly would would you would you say in terms of his valuation? I'd, I'd definitely say he's been a victim of his price. He's be, I think he's struggled to to live up to that and that. For some people, is it a bit of a burden? I mean, look, he's Borough's second most expensive signing ever. Um, and it is a lot of money, and it's perhaps only natural that, that fans will say, well, this guy costs £12 million, then what does he offer? I think if, if we take the price tag out of it and completely ignore it, I think that you probably assess Darun's first season at Borough slightly better than you would knowing the price. Um, in terms of putting a price on it, I mean, well, I don't know. He, he must be doing... He, he, Coaches like him. He plays. We played virtually every game under Karanka. He played virtually every game under Agnew during the running. You know, he's obviously had that praise from Mourinho. He's broken the holding spot. So coaches like what he's doing. Whatever he's doing, he seems to be carrying out what he's being told. Right. I mean, it's, it's odd that we we can't put our finger on what he's being told, but he's clearly carrying out his instructions well. Um, I mean, it's strange though. I, I remember speaking to a Dutch journalist, and he. All the way through Darun's career, he's kind of been one of those players where he's split opinion, he's a bit marmite. And uh, I, mean, I got a quote from me where he said that Darun never stood out in Holland, a good player who never let the team down, but other players were seen as bigger talents. So you can kind of apply that to, to Borough as well. But now the, the Dutch journalist says that now he's turned into a great player, someone you miss when he's gone. And thinking about that now, Borough probably would miss him. Well, he said that himself, yeah. didn't he? I remember when he came in and he said, I'm the type of player who, who I think you'll, 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 you'll miss me when I'm not there. You'll realise what I do when I'm not there doing mm. what I do. And um, I think that's probably right, isn't it? Now, I think if you took Darun out of the Borough team, there would be something missing. But I'm not entirely sure what that something is. 
Is it is it the system? Because you look at you look at the midfield players and you think Adam Forshaw. We we saw signs at the start of the year. Adam Clayton came in as as this kind of box to box midfielder. He's been harnessed and he and he's he's turned into a master at his trade now, hasn't he? He's excellent doing what he's doing. Grant Ledbetter, we know. I remember his goal scoring flurry at the, at the start of Eintracht mm-hmm. Frankfurt's full first full year in charge. Is is the system kind of limiting all of Borough's midfielders? Do you think do you think there's 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 kind of more from all of them in there? Well, we always said, didn't we, that the way Eintracht set his team up, you had a goal goalkeeper, four, four defenders and then two holding midfielders you basically had seven players in the team with defensive duties and they also wanted players like Adoma and whoever played on the left to also track back as well so that was the way he played, it was successful in the championship, it was less successful in the Premier League because Borough couldn't score goals basically, they didn't know how to they'd forgotten how to, to, to be adventurous um, so I think in that system, in the championship system, he probably would have suited it because he'd have had, you know, I think, I think there, was a big, there was a big moment last season when Borough played Palace and Tottenham at home and they saw one of the defensive midfielders spend half the match on the edge of the opposition box. Now they were quality players certainly in the terms of someone like Deli Alley and I think Karanka realised then, hey my, my defensive midfielders just can't do that. We, we need to change our way of playing and he, and he changed the formation to a 4-1-4-1 or whatever you want to call it, 4-3-3. <clears throat> depending whether they're in possession or not. And so I think there was a little bit of a shift there, and I think a lot of players then possibly struggled to adapt to those roles a little bit. It suited some and it didn't suit others. Um, I, I, mean, I mean, you go back to the comments made by Mourinho, I think that was a case of him bigging up one of his best mates, Simon's yeah, frankly. I, I didn't get a particularly great game on that occasion. For him, for him to pick him out, smacked him a little bit of politicking, well, but, he'd, he'd spent the season slagging off his own players, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for for and, not doing that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think, and I think, I don't know whether Darun was told that he had to be the player who made the runs because I told would never go in that quite kind of detail about his players, would he? When we would ask him about it, so so there was a realization there that Borough needed players to do more than just sit, you know. So I think we've got to take that into account when we look at the performances of a Forshaw of a of a Ledbetter of a, of a Darun, any of those midfield players because they were probably asked to do a little bit more than they were used to um, I would say Darun was a player you know, in terms of his fee was he four or five times better than Adam Clayton in terms of valuation no he wasn't but then again he didn't pick his own fee did he um, he would be a useful player to have in the championship next season I'm, I'm no doubt about that um, I'm sure his class would, would, would shine through then but then again can Borough afford to keep a player on, on no doubt a decent salary yeah, on that, on the, on the championship thing, um, on Gazette Borough, we asked fans for kind of their views on, on the room before we started here, and we've got some from after that Mourinho, after that Mourinho presser when Borough played Man United, but, but this morning Alex Robertson said that um, Durham tries hard, but he's not sure what kind of midfielder he is, which we've touched on here, uh, I don't think it was great value for money, he wasn't a £12 million improvement, Joe Jennings says he never stops running, he has the knack of being in the right place, uh, to score goals, but he's limited with the ball. Could be a big player in the championship, which is what you were saying there. Do, do, you, do you buy that, Vic? Do you think he could be a, a crucial cog for Monk next season? Well, I, I think he would stand out in the championship. One of the things we probably missed while we spent all that our seven years in purgatory in the championship was how much the athleticism of the Premier League had increased. And I, I think athleticism and good engines apprised in that division because the intensity for the full 90 minutes is really really demanding and I think that's one of his key attributes is you need more than an engine you do need more but when you step up to that level we notice every week how many players 
from the other teams have got pace and stamina and athleticism and it's non-stop and relentless well, and, and I think what we what was exposed as borrowing went up is that so many of the players didn't have that and it looked like sometimes the borough were buffering and the other team were like zipping around and, and borough seemed but I think Darun was one of the players that could offer that and obviously you need to harness that and you need to have other attributes that fit but that in the championship I, I think he would stand out as being uh, pacey and, and covering every inch of grass and and if you can make that work for your team and turn it into a strength, then yes, I mean I think that would be a, a brilliant. Speaking out loud, so just one, one top. Just before you move on to that, John, one topic that came up after Aitor left was when we obviously we won't betray confidences, but the players weren't quite as fit as we'd been led to believe, uh, which I thought was a bit. We'd already been told that Aitor sessions were fantastic, and I think they are by all accounts in terms of inventiveness, in terms of keeping the players sharp and what have you. But there was a, there, there was there was a. We heard some whispers that the players weren't quite the first team players weren't quite as fit as even some of the players in say the development squad. Now that may have been that may be one of the reasons why A Borough struggled to keep pace with teams in the Premier League and secondly why someone like Darun maybe stood out with his natural fitness. I wonder I thought you'd use that. I wonder if Darun is a little bit of kind of a, a victim of his own inverted commas versatility like Christian Stuani where we know, don't really know what Christian Stuani's best position is, but equally, he's a player who is happy to buy into the, the project of the team or will play anywhere that, it, that the manager wants. And we've seen Stuani play a lot on the right-hand side, and that's a completely different debate that we've touched on. But I wonder if the room needs to himself say, look, I've, pl- I've tried to adapt and I've tried to do this attacking side uh, last season, but I think I'm a better holding midfielder. And does he need to be a bit more selfish and say, this is the player I am, I know who I am, and this is who I am? I would say a bit very, more. Very much I'll a Paul Warren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would say I'd agree thoughts. with that just very quickly. I'd agree with what Jono says there. I think, there is a, I think he could be a really useful holding midfielder in the Championship next season. We understand Monk likes a 4-2-3-1. And I think he also should have a little bit of a license to get up when required, but just know when to come back. I think that's the one element missing from his game that looking from the sidelines for me last season was it we'd go up and then he would be stuck up and the team's shape had gone. And I think that's the one if you could, you know, it's easy for us to sit on the sidelines and tell players what to do. But if he could blend the two things, so know when to go and when to drop, I think he'd have a decent player. I don't think I don't see him part of an attacking midfield three. I've got to be honest, playing behind a sole striker. I don't think he's a number 10, I don't think he's a wide left player, I don't think he's a wide right player. He's not player. natural there, is he? No, no, but I think he could be really useful. You know, if you say you've got, for the sake of argument, Clayton as the holding player alongside Darun, with Darun the licence to go when the opportunity arises, then that, that could work. John, you were saying there that he's quite divisive, and when you look back at, uh, I remember you did a piece after that, after Mourinho's comments, the phenomenal comments, and, and you did a, a flavour of kind of Borough fans' verdicts to you on Twitter, and there was loads one there, I remember, which kind of summed up, summed up that divisive opinion on him. Uh, just to give you a few, um, Matty Hines, 88, who, who would probably cover as much ground as him, obviously he's a distance runner, he'd be able to cover as much ground as him in 90 minutes, says a lot of his work goes unnoticed, I think he's very good. Um, Michael Weir says, I think he has a bit of the headless chicken about him, but in a good way, which would be a brilliant... I love, that's about I'm sure my wasn't favourite that the headline? Quote, I remember yeah. on the sub saying that he was going to headline on that. A, headless a good chicken headless chicken, I like that. Full of energy but needs to control his efforts. Um, 
T Milb, 1989, says would be a good player and a good team. With us, he's been the most advanced midfielder, which is not his game, would suit Liverpool's style. I remember there was Everton links as well, wasn't there, earlier? Uh, the JC Train says, can't fault his work rate, but that isn't enough to be a good player. He hasn't got anything else about him. Uh, and then completely on the other spectrum, DJ Turner, 17-0-6-8-2, would be a fantastic asset alongside better footballers in midfield. His work rate is second and on his fantastic energy levels. All that said then, and all, all that discussed, do, do you expect him to stick around? I think if Borough got a big bid for him, they'd sell him. Simply because, well, what's a big bid? Well, anything approaching what he got, what they paid for him, um, because I think he'll want to go. I think you know he's he's kind of hinted already that he's got one eye on Holland. Um, most players, particularly lads from abroad, understandably, kind of think Premier League or nothing. You know, he didn't come to England to play in the Championship, so I think he'd probably want to go. And that, although I think he'd be a good player for Borough in the Championship, I think Borough would probably reluctantly let him go. As I say, if they got the money back, because they could reinvest that. And, and I don't think it, you'd feel as though you were losing a player who would be pivotal next season. Well, uh, it was interesting listening to the Atlanta president say that he would be very difficult and they kind of faced resistance from Borough, which makes me think. I think Gary Monk will be desperate to keep him. I, I think the problem that we'd have, I think, he, I think he probably would want to go. He would want to be playing in a, a top level league because uh, he's, he's thinking about his World Cup place. The problem he has is that outside the top two or three clubs in Italy, which is where he has a reputation, nobody can afford him. Mm. Uh, they certainly couldn't afford to come anywhere near the, the transfer fee Borough paid, and it'd be very, very unlikely that anyone you know outside the top six clubs maybe could afford his wages. Ditto Holland. There's no one in Holland could afford his transfer fee, so that limits him to uh, a move to the Premier League, uh, and then you're probably saying bottom half of the Premier League, and it's a very limited market. So you're talking about maybe half a dozen, eight clubs. Two or three positions, so you're talking about 10, 12 vacancies almost. And it may be that once the move, you know, once the transfer window starts to move and the chains start to develop, that a club, you know, a Watford or a West Brom will suddenly have a vacancy for an energetic midfielder. But you might be waiting until the back end of August for that. I mean, what did we say? How much did Will Hughes go for? Was it, it was about eight? Eight million. And you saw Jeff Hendrick go a year ago, you know, around that ballpark figure as well. So suddenly you start that. That seems to be the price yeah. for, an, for, 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 for a midfielder who's and, one and step those, down. those clubs could afford him. Yeah. And those clubs could afford to think, well, it might not even be a case of playing every week. Whereas you know, the, the clubs in the Championship can't afford him. You can't no. spend that and, then, and take you know, a, a risk on him not fitting the system. But there will be half a dozen, eight clubs in the, in the Premier League that will have him on a list, even if he's not at the top of that list. What, what, do, you think he, what, do, you, how do you think What do you think he needs to do? I mean, you know, Holland aren't what they were. Would he still get in that squad playing in the championship? Would he, or would he look and, th- you know, a year in a championship, if he looks and thinks, I like what Monk's doing here, you know, is, is that his best way back to the Premier well, League, taking his medicine for a year and, and going a game of Borough next season, hopefully? It might be, I mean, you, you compare what, what's going through Daroon's head with what went through Fisher's head. And the, the crucial thing about Victor Fisher leaving was that he dropped out of the Denmark squad because he wasn't playing football. Now, Daroon, even, even in a struggling team, has been in the Holland squad, albeit very on the periphery, isn't he? So it, I reckon those discussions between, between him and the Dutch national coach it, is the key to everything, really. Because if he, if he said, look, if you're playing 46 games next season and, and, I'll, and I'll have a look at you, you're still in my plans, I think Daroon might be better off even staying than risking himself going to a Premier League club where he might not start. But equally, 
I mean, that Holland squad, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I, I can't imagine there's that many second-tier players in that Dutch They're squad. They're virtually out of the World Cup, aren't they? Yeah. It, just to point, has it Dick Advocar come in yeah. as a caretaker just to get them through, through the rest of qualifying? Got an outside chance. Um, I mean, they're in flux, them. Holland, aren't they? They're in flux, so there's an opportunity there for players to nail down a place because they've, you know, we always they've got a new generation of Ajax players coming through, for example. But I think they're a bit bit off in terms of international quality. So it'll be he'll be thinking, I've got an, I've got a real opportunity here to nail down a place within the Holland squad. But he needs to be playing football. Um, you're right. Whether that championship would get him the exposure that he needs. Well, there's too much made of that. I, you know, you look back at '98 and Paul Merson obviously got in the England squad and deservedly so after that that brilliant season at Borough. The Championship now, I'd I'd say, is a lot better. It's certainly a lot more competitive, but I think it's a lot more competitive because the standards better. You, you could argue that the Championship, certainly the top the top six or seven, mm. is the equivalent of. I don't know, the bottom half of, of the French top tier. This, yeah. this, this might be me being completely ignorant to other leagues, but certainly the Dutch league and, and teams like that. You know, is, is the about, second team... It's about, it, what, you're what, right. Is it, just the, is it just a historical view of he's not playing in the top tier anymore? It's well, a shock. Christian Strani did all right, didn't he? And he got in the Uruguay yeah. squad alongside Suarez Cavani. He was playing championship football. But yes, I mean, if... Uh, if Gareth well, he Southgate, was top, he was a top player when he yeah. came well, here. If Gareth Southgate picked a championship player, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think the question is the level of competition at the top level of the championship. I, I think the question for international coaches is: Are you regularly facing the best? So if you're playing in the Premier League and you're up against, you know, Costa and uh, Ibrahimovic, it says more about you as a player than if you're playing in a really good team that's beaten Brentford and Bristol. So I think that's, that's the problem in terms of international quality. The international coaches want you to be up against the absolute top players. I think, I think it's almost a bit of an English obsession though, because Gareth Southgate would come into pelt as a pick in a championship player in the England squad. But it happens in, in kind of some of the other countries, doesn't it? Um, I mean, if, if you compare to Ruin's situation with Ben Gibson, reasonably similar in that he wants to go to the World Cup, You'd have to say Ben Gibson wouldn't have a chance of breaking in England's World Cup squad if he was playing Championship football. You'd have to say. But Darun, I'm not so sure. I think it's more of a grey area. I think the thing is you can go under the radar having a good season in the Championship. That's, that's probably the danger, particularly from a European perspective. I think for someone like Stuani, he was a big big fish in Uruguay when he came. Obviously, it was in Spain, wasn't he? But when he came to, came to England, he would still be on the radar and he obviously went over there and got injured, didn't he? As we remember famously to Idol Karankas. Oh, I remember I saw his face in the press conference. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. There was a load of back and yeah. forth. Wasn't <laughs> um, I, I think the problem would be that, you know, if Darun was ripping it up in the Championship, that probably wouldn't get written about as much in Holland as it clearly would if he was doing it in the Premier League because they're, they're, they're just like the same as we are. They keep an eye, you know, to a degree the Premier League is everything now abroad as well as it is in England, unfortunately. But you're right. There's no reason why a good good performance, good good sequence of performances in the championship shouldn't equally have equal merit to good performances in the Dutch first division or the, or the French first division. Yeah, you can imagine if Paul Heckingbottom described them as phenomenal after Barnsley, where it wouldn't be quite as newsworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Just finally, before we wrap up, obviously there was the Johnny Housen link. Now you look at Housen as more of a, a of a central midfielder than than a, than a number ten, than a, than a kind of attacking goalscorer midfielder. Does that mean that? We can perhaps expect a departure or two in, in, in that midfield, or is it just Monk looking and thinking, well, it's a good player, he's available, I, I, want, I want him? We look I, at Housen, I think that he is, he is very similar to what Darun finished the season, in the type of player 
Uh, you think that's almost like for like. Now, can Housen and Darun play in the same team? I'm not so sure about that. Uh, I think you have as many options as you can, but I think what the, what the signs are with Housen and Gunter is that the club are aware they need championship nows. We have to rebuild that stockpile that we had in the two or three years where you were promotion challenges. You know, people who know the league, uh, you know that they're physically uh, attuned to it and they give you versatility within the squad. And you need five or six people like that coming in who are aware of what they're getting into. But it also also say, it, uh, all yeah. it, it, it also says to me, they realise they need goals from midfield. It's the, the number of goals, even when, when Borough were doing well under right, or goals from midfield were rarer than hen's teeth, weren't they? You know, it's not too much to ask from five midfielders, three attacking midfielders and two defensive midfielders, for them to chip in a fair chunk of goals through the course of a season. And I think your houses of this world, alright, I don't know what his strike rate is now since he's been at Norwich, but he made his name as a goal-scoring midfielder at Leeds, didn't he? Uh, and I'm not saying whether he would be successful or not at Borough, but that kind of player... You know the need. You know you look at the attacking. I haven't got a clue what the attacking three would be next season at the moment. I'm set. I think well, Stuart Downing's been told, as we know, that he can look for another club. What's happening with Gaston Ramirez? You'd have to think he would leave. Who's going to play in the number ten position? Who's going to play wide right or on the right side of midfield? Those positions are crucial moving forward. And at the moment, it's in complete flux. Hypothetically, if Johnny Howson and Martin Darroo both play football in the Championship next year, who do you think? Will end the season with more goals. Well, it Housen? I mean, I don't think either of them are, are, are goal-scoring midfielders mm. as such. I think it depends kind of how they're played and, and and whether you had Adam Clayton sitting behind, kind of doing the protection role. I mean, I think you'd need half a dozen from either, or you'd expect half a dozen mm. from either. I have no idea who'd chip in with more. Sorry, I thought, I thought <laughs> was going to throw Sorry, no, I'll just have a little bit of a battle I thought he was going to see his game. We will do before he does that. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Thank you.